Welcome to Sunday Live Fellowship. You are listening to our live Sunday morning service. Now turn with me, please, to Genesis chapter 42. Listen to me. Genesis chapter 42, verse 4, verse 36, and verse 38. Verse 4, verse 36, and verse 38. While you're finding our scripture passage, let me just share this with you. I, as, as a child, I think I was really a good kid, but oh, would I, most of my punishments were for drawing on the wall, the household walls. My family finally provided me with enough paper to keep me occupied and was like, if you draw on this wall one more time, we're going to beat you. Draw on the paper. Unfortunately, I, I, um, as I was about to say, that kept me occupied, excuse me. As a teen, as a teenager, I won a scholarship to go to an art school. Now I want to say unfortunately, but unfortunately, I did not have the opportunity to attend that school, but I did take art classes in the high school that I attended. I wasn't much into painting. I just loved a pencil and some drawing paper. Um, However, as a child, I had a lot of heartache in my home. Lots of stress, too much stress for a kid. I seemed to release my stress with that pencil and that paper. Every art teacher had to say to me, don't push so hard with your pencil on the paper or you will end up with ghost lines. So whenever I would make a mistake, which was often, and would want to go back and erase my mistake, I don't care how much I took that eraser over that line that I did not want there. I would rub and rub and rub but at those deep-seated lines, but the lines, no matter how much I rubbed, were still there. I learned in art class that when you are drawing in pencil, it is important to sketch lightly because if you need to go back and erase something, you will not have ghost lines. But if you push down when you draw, no matter how hard you try to erase it, there will be a faint line showing what was once there. Is your life filled with ghost lines? Most days when I glance at my own life, I don't notice my ghost lines. But sometimes I am forced to step in close, like when something triggers a memory from my past. Many of those memories, though redeemed, they have been redeemed through Christ's work in my life, still reveal the ghost lines scratched onto the canvas of my life. In fact, The closer I look at 
my life, the more ghost lines I see. Let's go to our Bible passage this morning. Genesis chapter 42, verse 4, verse 36, and verse 38. Verse 4, but Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob sent not with his brethren. For he said, lest preadventure mischief befall him. Verse 36. And Jacob their father said unto them, Me have ye bereaved of my children. Joseph is not. And Simeon is not. And ye shall take Benjamin away? All these things are against me. Verse 38. And he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If mischief befall him by the way in the which ye go, then shall ye bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to your throne today. Oh, we've got baggage. We've got ghost lines from our past. We've tried to erase them, bury them, cover them, but they are affecting the decisions that we make in the present relationally. Mm. They are impacting how we relate with each other today. We tried to erase them but the fragment of what was is still there. Father, we pray that we can learn how to release our past. God, now we pray for that spirit of depression, discouragement, and doubt will be released. We pray, oh God, for a forgiving heart, we must put ourselves at the top of this prayer list. We pray for those that have been given a diagnosis of there's nothing more we can do and they are a child. We pray for those that have recently lost loved ones. God, we pray for those whose mind is under attack even as we preach that they would push back the whispers of the enemy with the word of God. We shall not fail. We shall live and not die. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Now, God, we pray for your servant. Oh, Father, we are depending totally upon your spirit to do the work, to bring the anointing, to set us free. We pray for everyone within the sound of my voice, Father, that you would bless, set free, and deliver in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. Verse 36, and Jacob, their father, said unto them, me have ye grieved of my children. Joseph is not, Simeon 
is not. And you think you're going to take Benjamin away? All these things are against me. I would like to use for a subject this morning, ghost lines. Ghost lines. Some of these lines that we're calling ghost lines were caused by the times when we were rejected by those who should have been protecting us. Losses, ghost lines, they're called they can be caused by losses that we have experienced. Some ghost lines have been caused by sins that we have committed or the people that we have hurt and people that have hurt us. Our dreams have been destroyed. Wrong paths have been taken and we all have ghost lines on the canvases of our lives. Things from our past that we have done. Things from our past that were done to us. Hard things that we've experienced all etched into our memories. But time marches on and the lines, they fade, but they're still there. There may have been redemption. There may have been forgiveness. There may have been rescue, healing, and new life. But the evidence remains of what once was. For those whose lines run deep, pressed deep into the fabric of your story, it's a constant battle to fight for joy in the present because we still feel the pain from our past. So how do we look at the beauty of the portrait that God is painting without being distracted by those glaring ghost lines? Our lines are part of what it means to live in the redeeming grace of God's story dictating our lives. We have forgiven others who have wronged us, but the painful, unwanted memories still linger. Now, last Sunday, we preached about Joseph, and if anybody had ghost lines on the canvas of their life, it was Joseph. Let's go back to Genesis and finish his story this morning. And the Bible says, but Benjamin, the brother of Joseph, Jacob did not send with his brethren, for he said, lest harm befall him. Jacob Joseph's father is holding on to his youngest son, Benjamin, who was born after Joseph because he was afraid that what happened to Joseph would happen to Benjamin. You remember last week, pity in the pit or don't have a pity party. Joseph, his brothers threw him into a pit 
and sold him into slavery. Joseph was Jacob's favorite son and the brothers, his 11 brothers were jealous of him and they threw Joseph in a pit and went and then sold him into slavery and went back and told their father Jacob that a wild animal had killed Joseph. Joseph was the love child of Jacob's beloved and deceased Rachel. And the Bible says Jacob refused comfort. He would not be comforted. He didn't want to go through grief counseling. He refused the stages of grieving. He would not let go of his ghost lines. Joseph was his ghost line. Those faint lines were all he had left to remind him of what was his personal pain. Jacob was miserable and made everyone around him miserable as well. Children of God, when we hold on to the pain of our past, rather than releasing the pain to God and allowing God's healing virtue to heal our wound, we cannot move forward. See, beloved, God allows those faint lines, those ghost lines, to remind us how far we have come. God allowed the pain in the first place to make us pray. He allows pain so that we can be sensitive to the pain that others are going through. Sometimes God has to allow pain to come into our lives just to get us to talk to him. God allows pain to build our faith. But God does not allow pain in our lives for us to hold on to the pain, for us to hold on to our past. God does want God God does not want us to get in a relationship with pain. Don't hold pain. Don't handle pain. Stop playing around with the pain and meditating on the pain from your past. When you hold pain and refuse to release that pain and let God, you are setting yourself up to become a victim of depression and all those fellow demons that depression will bring with it. And the Bible says Benjamin was Rachel's second son. After Jacob lost Joseph, Jacob began to guard Benjamin. Jacob felt secure as long as Benjamin was safe. He held on to Benjamin. He trusted his emotional security as long as he had Benjamin. See, beloved, Jacob put Benjamin in God's place. Mm. See, we want to be in control. And as our story goes, 
There was a famine in the land and Jacob's Joseph's brothers had taken him out of the pit as we shared a minute ago and sold him into slavery and Joseph ended up in Egypt. Children of God, it does not matter where you are right now. God is still in control of your life. Even if you have been wronged, even if you are in prison from false accusations, give your life over to God wherever you are, whatever you are going through, because God is in charge of your story and God has a plan for your life. And the Bible says, Joseph, worked his way up to the top administrator in Egypt next to Pharaoh from prison. Because see, while he was in prison, as we went over last week, from false accusations from Potiphar's wife, Joseph interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh's chief butler and chief baker. Two years later, When Pharaoh had a dream that no one else could interpret, the butler remembered Joseph. Pharaoh sent for Joseph and described his dreams to Joseph and Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream. Joseph let Pharaoh know that there would be seven years of prosperity and then seven lean years. Joseph advised Pharaoh that during the years of prosperity, here's what you need to do. Put up grain and you'll be able to sell it to all the surrounding countries. The famine came just like Joseph interpreted. The famine spread to the land of Canaan, the home of Jacob, Joseph's father, And his 11 sons, Joseph's brothers, the very ones that threw him in the pit. And the Bible says, when Jacob, Joseph's father, learned that there was grain in Egypt, he told his 10 sons, just 10, because he wasn't sending Benjamin. He told his 10 sons to go down to Egypt and buy grain. But Benjamin, he did not send. And when the brothers were in Egypt, they bowed themselves down before Joseph. Joseph recognized them immediately, but they did not recognize Joseph because he made himself strange to them. Then Joseph accused them of being spies so he could question them about his little brother, Benjamin, and his father. After finding out that his father and little brother were still alive, Joseph said, let one of your brethren stay here in prison while the rest of you go and take grain back for your starving households, but you must bring Benjamin to me so that your words may be verified. So Simeon, 
Simeon remained behind in Egypt with Joseph. See, Simeon represents the present. Simeon represents the current relationships that you have, that we should be working on. You are focusing on who has wronged you in the past when God has blessed you with people in your life right now, but you don't appreciate them. We treat the people in our lives right now like dirt. We don't appreciate what they do. We don't celebrate their good. We want to, re- we don't relish the current moment. Instead, we are discontent looking for what used to be, comparing now to what used to be. And what is looking at what is just beyond our reach? Beloved, work on the relationships you're in right now. Your current affairs are not prospering. Your current status is not flowing. It's stagnant. Your everyday existence is stagnant and in because Simeon is in Egypt and he will not be released from Egypt until you let Benjamin go. God wants to move in your life right now. God wants to do a new thing in your life right now. God wants to give you a fresh word, but you must let go of yesterday's pain. Forgive, forget, and move on. Get where you really want to go. Let go and let God Life is too unpredictable to get stuck in tragedy. I know I'm right. You can be happy one day and sad the next. You can be doing just fine and then the phone rings at 12 midnight that your loved one has been shot and they don't know if he's dead or alive. You can be well one day and sick the next. You can be alive one day and dead the next. Let Benjamin go and hold on to God. So how do we let Benjamin go? Beloved, you must get the revelation. There is none to hold on to but God. Who else? But God can keep you secure. Who else but God can we trust at all times? Who else will be our stronghold but God? He is our shepherd. He is our rock. He will be a friend like none other. Hold on to God and let nothing separate you from his love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nothing, no power, no height, no depth shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Let go and let God. You have run Mm, long enough. What are you chasing? You have fought long enough. 
You have pursued and manipulated long enough. Let go and let God. God wants to turn your sorrow into praise. When you lost your loved one, you lost your praise. When you filed for bankruptcy, you lost your praise. When all your business, your personal business ended up in the street, you lost your praise. Let God use the path created in you from your loss as a new pathway of praise. Every time I think about what I lost, I'll praise God and say, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Every time I consider what I don't have anymore, I'll praise you, God, because your grace is sufficient for me. Every time I remember what I used to have and don't have anymore, I'll praise you, God, because all things are possible unto those that believe. Every time I feel pain or I'm lonely or depressed, I'll praise you because nobody can love me like the Lord and he is able and can't nobody do me like Jesus. If you praise God, you'll get your joy back. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. My sermon is being interrupted. Mm. Jacob, mm. Joseph's daddy, Benjamin's daddy, Jacob wants to testify. <laughs> I can hear Jacob saying, y'all have talked about me long enough. I know it's the middle of a sermon. It's not even testimony service. Uh, testimony service has been closed, but I'm going to testify anyway. I can hear Jacob saying, y'all have dogged me long enough. You talked about me behind my back long enough. You can't tell it. Let me tell it. I can hear Jacob saying, I wouldn't let my baby go. They could not have my baby Benjamin. They wanted to take my baby back to Egypt so that Simeon could be released. I'm not into Simeon like I'm into Benjamin. In fact, I held on to Benjamin until all the food was gone from the first journey. We were about to starve. All the welfare had run out. Um, the processed cheese was gone. The spam was gone. The instant milk was gone. There was no more food to eat. And I had no choice but to release Benjamin. But when I release Benjamin, this is Jacob testifying. <laughs> when I release Benjamin, uh, that's when revelation came. <laughs> when I release Benjamin and let him go to Egypt with his brothers, uh, Joseph revealed himself to his brothers uh, and his brothers brought back 
the news to Jacob. Ah, Joseph is alive. See, beloved, what you thought was dead and over is still alive. What you thought was impossible is still possible. What you thought would never happen just happened. Joseph is alive. God is waiting for you to praise him for the possibilities in your future. While I wait and live with my ghost lines, I'm encouraged as I remember that my Savior, Jesus Christ, has ghost lines of his own. Our Savior has ghost lines, ghost lines on his hands, ghost lines on his feet, and ghost lines in his side where he bore the punishment for our sins, our failures, our regrets from the past. These marks will never be erased. They are carved onto his resurrected body, the human body that he took back into heaven. Someday I will see the ghost lines when I see him face to face. He has chosen for all eternity to live with these scars, the ghost lines of his love, (laughs) the ghost lines of his mercy, the ghost lines of his amazing grace. We didn't deserve it. We still don't deserve it, but these are ghost lines of grace. See, beloved, Ghost lines tell stories. And one important story they tell us is that things in my life has changed. (laughs) The shadows of lines from my past, they remind me just how far God has brought me from. The fact that they are only shadows shows me that God is in the process of redeeming all things, even the hardest, most painful lines that run on the canvas of my life. They also remind me that God has been with me all along. They are marks of his glory and his presence, tracing for me the ways He has carried me, saved me, rescued me, and forgiven me. And now I can show my canvas to others. I I can point out the ghost lines in my life and boast and testify and brag of what God has brought me through. My ghost lines also revealed to me that God is an artist (laughs) intimately involved in the masterpiece of my life, creating something amazing despite my childlike scribbles on the wall. 
as I watch my life take shape over the years, I can also see the transformation that has taken place. I cling to the promise of Philippians 1 and 6. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Beloved, on that day, we all will stand in the galleries of heaven and see all of God's finished artwork. The portrait will be complete. They will be perfect, no longer marred by ghost lines, and we will celebrate forever with the master artist. Amen. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you might as well get that eraser out of your hand. You will not be able to erase those ghost lines. Only Jesus redeems. He is waiting for you to acknowledge, I need salvation. And only Jesus saves. If you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life for myself only. I am sorry and I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life. I give my life to you. From this day forward, help me to live every day for you in a way that pleases you. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact me at 231-349-1046 so I can discuss with you the first steps of salvation.